It's episode 400. So obviously you have to listen to this one. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. We've reached another milestone, our 400th episode. A huge thank you to all our sponsors for funding the show and to all our lovely listeners, all of you out there listening right now, for hitting that play button nearly 800,000 times since we started back in 2015. Phenomenally amazes me on a regular basis. So thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in. It is absolutely awesome to be helping you make your businesses more successful. So back for episode 300, we went behind the scenes of the show and I explained how we bring all this to you. We're not doing that for episode 400. No, we're not going behind the scenes. Instead, we're digging into one of the big challenges in e-commerce at the moment and one that we don't often talk about here because our focus is generally on marketing and growth and success. And it's one that I know you will want to hear more about because you told me so in our recent audience survey. So an additional thank you to all of you who took the time to fill that in. The data is super useful. We're slowly working our way through it and it is having an impact on what we're doing already, as you can tell in this episode. In this episode, we are getting into the supply chain crisis. And I know how much you all love it when I get a number of experts here on the show to share that advice. So that's what we're doing in this episode. I flipped through my contact list to find five awesome people who know a ton about how to minimise the negative impact of the supply chain crisis on your business. Please listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on any of my guests' top supply chain crisis tips and my own take on it, because at the end, I'm going to drill it down to seven key action points for you, plus give you a couple of recommendations for further learning too. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. So for this episode, I asked each of my guests, how can e-commerce brands manage a negative impact of the supply chain crisis? And wow, have they brought us a wide variety of answers and many over-delivered to give you multiple tips to and extra data on what's actually going on out there. 
Coming up are tips for everything from product procurement right through to how to use your marketing and customer service activity to minimize negative impacts. We're going to start with the more back-end stuff and move into the more marketing stuff towards the end, but it will be fair to say that all of this is in- integrated just like your approach to be. So you're going to get some marketing tips throughout, you're going to get some back-end tips throughout. So this really is definitely a listen to the whole thing. Of course, I'd say that anyway. Uh, We are going to start with Gavin Warwick from Smart Freight, not least because he does a great job of explaining what this supply chain crisis is. Uh, If we consider the supply chain crisis as emanating from the ability of the global economy to manufacture and deliver finished goods or components from the factory to the distribution network, uh, then this crisis has had a number of knock-on effects downstream in the supply chain. One of these is in the uh, ability of distribution facilities to plan and manage workflow efficiently. The stop-start nature of stock receipts results in stockout positions and then face or famine warehouse activity when it comes to order fulfillment. It's a bit like trying to manage lots of little Christmases throughout the year. And this is difficult from a resourcing perspective. You can't employ all the necessary staff for the busy times and have them idle when not busy. So what do you do? Uh, For me, one of the key things to build into a business is is flexibility and scalability. You want to be able to easily expand and contract your operation without being totally reliant on staffing levels to do so. We saw output challenges during the pandemic and we're seeing them again now. If you are very reliant on manpower to complete tasks, it can be difficult to resource up or indeed down at short notice. However, If you have smart interconnected systems and are less reliant on manpower, then it is easier to flex up and down. So what do I mean in terms of interconnected systems? Well, if your business is of of a certain size, and we're not talking particularly large here, you will probably have an ERP system and quite possibly um, a WMS, warehouse management system, to manage the activity within the warehouse. You will probably have a number of outsourced carriers and possibly your own vehicles to deliver fulfilled orders to your customers. I'm still surprised by some companies that I meet, and in some cases with really quite significant dispatch volumes, who have manual processes to move data between systems at the sales order level. They may or may not have an integration between their ERP and the WMS, but are often then keying in names and addresses into the different carrier portals to generate shipping labels. Or perhaps they have one carrier integrated into the WMS, but three others are not. In any case, the processes are not efficient and lend themselves to error. I would be ensuring that my sales orders move from my ERP to my fit-for-purpose WMS seamlessly with an integration. I would then look to uh, integrate a quality CMS which is a carrier management system, to my WMS. This now means I no longer have to key anything in, and the time saving from this can be huge, obviously depending on the volume of sales orders that are processed. I also have the secondary win of no longer having typos and the consequent issues that they can bring due to fat fingers in the warehouse. But more than this, I I also now have the ability to dynamically choose the best carriers for specific orders based on business rules that I have put into the CMS. This can now bring further efficiency and or customer experience improvements 
as the CMS can choose a carrier based on least cost, which can include taking fuel surcharge into consideration as well. Further, I can easily manage or change which carrier gets my volume should one be struggling due to capacity constraints. And lastly, I can more easily onboard a new carrier to my stable of options should I feel the need to do so. Loads of great advice there. We're starting well. Uh, Gavin, talking about how to use tech to make the impact of supply chain delays even less peaky and trophy by automating time-consuming tasks. So your team can work on more valuable activities, you avoid errors creeping in, and it's all going to reduce your costs overall too. The CMS or carrier management side of things also gives you the ability to shift quickly between couriers if there's errors there too. So it gives you a lot of control. Now, Gavin knows a lot about CMSs because that's what Smart Freight is. It's a CMS. So if you're thinking, we need a carrier management system, then go have a look at Smart Freight at smartfreight.com. My next expert joined me recently for a whole episode on this podcast about e-commerce growth. That was episode 387, which you guys really loved. It was a very popular episode. So it's brilliant to have her back sharing more awesome insights. Now, Bright Pearl, who she works for, have some fascinating research um, that they've done recently into how the supply chain crisis is is affecting the industry. So she's going to start off with that um, and then she's going to take us into her tips on how to deal with it all. So here's Bright Pearl's CMO, Sarah Arthrell. We have done a ton of research on this topic recently, just trying to understand the full impact that the supply chain crisis is is having on e-commerce brands. And for over a year now, we have seen supplier issues be impacted by things like entire factories just shutting down. You've got truck driver shortages and clogged shipping ports, um, delays in manufacturing. I mean, even political turmoil, all of which have sort of created this, this domino effect that has been felt across the entire world. And that's why this data is so staggering because we're hearing things like 85% of retailers telling us that they've been hit with supply chain problems in the last year. And, and almost half of them have experienced out of stocks. Over quarter of online brands are, are actually risking running out of cash within literal weeks if things don't improve. So we're seeing this, this perfect storm where we've got increasing costs and delays in, in supply chains and more frequent out of stocks, which is just a pain that's fell across the entire business. But the good news is that there is a way to manage this when it's done correctly. And that can help lower your costs and and boost your profit and also make you feel much more confident in a time of such um, uncertainty and, and, and really thrive in a pretty volatile market. Now, most importantly, this is all about inventory optimization. And it's coinciding relationship with having the most optimal cash flow and the best ROI. Now, the ideal state is to keep your your warehouse stocked with the most profitable items while also at the same time keeping that slow moving inventory at a minimum, which, you know, sounds easy, right? (laughs) Um, I don't know about that, but it is definitely easily managed with the right tools and, and processes and people in place to help you know just exactly what each of those levels are are most optimal at and i can't i can't stress this part enough this all 
it should not be a manual process. You might've used Excel in the past or stitch together some things to kind of create a workflow that, that works just good enough, but that's really not gonna cut it any longer. The world is, is too complicated. It demands more expertise. And there's so many solutions out there that I can guarantee will work faster and smarter and be more accurate than any Excel sheet I don't care how impressive you are with, with pivot tables or macros and things like that. You, you really need a tool that can consider the predictive sales data alongside things like seasonality and, and promotions or discounts. You've got your peak trading periods and all sorts of other random sales trends. I mean, even supplier lead time. So I sort of use this this coin analogy. On one side, it's about forecasting demand to know just how quickly inventory will be sold and when and what, so that you can then figure out really the most profitable side of your inventory while still avoiding the costly um, out of stocks. But on the other side of the coin, you also need to know how much money is, is sitting there just tied up in overstock and what can be sold and how and when to help you get the most ROI. So that, that type of excess inventory, we like to tell our customers like that should basically be thought of as just stacks of cash hanging out, sitting on your warehouse shelves, except it cannot be used to pay your rent or your salaries or marketing costs until it is sold. So both sides of that are incredibly critical to, to making your cash flow as seamless as possible. And we get, we get merchants coming to Bright Pearl and Inventory Planner all of the time saying, I just need to know what to order. Can you please help me with that? And the answer, short answer is yes, absolutely. But the question's a little cart before the horse. So to know what to order, you need to first know what you're going to sell. And that's why inventory optimization is so critical because it really provides the, the accurate reports and, and replenishment recommendations that come from your specific historical data so you can feel really confident about what you're selling and when, and then equally confident in what to order and when. So this healthy balance is really critical and it's so important to find the best tool that can provide you with, with the real data that can take out all that risky guesswork out of arguably the most important area of your business, your inventory, especially during a supply chain crisis like we're experiencing now. Well, Sarah started with some scary stats there, proving that this is certainly something it's worth you paying a bit of attention to and working on. Inventory management, ROI, cash flow, it's an endless juggling act, even at the best of times. And a little like Gavin said, it's an awful lot easier if you've got the right technology in place to help you. Yes, automate, automate, automate. Big tip, big message from this episode. And the right tech will give you the data you need to make the right decisions from ordering through to marketing. And with the right data, you know exactly how much cash is lying around in the warehouse in terms of stock so you can sell what you've got. Yes, people, sell what you've got, not what you haven't got. Both Brightpill and Inventory Planner offer great software to help you tackle all these issues and get you the data you need. And they have an excellent free report outlining 10 techniques to lower your shipping costs. You can get that via the brightpearl.com resources centre. And I'll add a link to that in our website show notes for this episode. Where should I take you next? Well, 
I thought I should, as well as going through my, you know, through my contacts list to find some brilliant people, I thought I should try and go big for one of my guests. So I took a look at a list of the top supply chain and logistics experts in the world, and I sent out some invites. And one of them agreed to come and share some advice with you all. So get ready for some excellent advice coming up with this guest. I am so honoured that Kelly Barner, the host of the Dial P for Procurement podcast, could spare the time to record these three tips for us. It's so interesting because this is sort of the million dollar question. And it's been asked and answered many times over the last couple of years. I think given what I've seen, I would say a couple of things. First of all, which crisis? You know, so much of the media that we read or watch or listen to is truly directed at individual consumers or the general public. But if you're someone in a business role, even if you don't have direct responsibility for supply chain, but you have a role that's adjacent to it, if it impacts the way you carry out your job, you need to make sure that you're not allowing the hype of everyday media to cause you to be emotional about your response. So the more specific you can be about where in your supply chain is the issue, is it a logistics issue with a carrier? Is it a problem getting inventory? Is it an issue with warehousing? Is it final mile delivery? Really narrowing in on the specifics and getting away from the emotion and the excitement and the hype will absolutely improve your decision-making. Now, specifically as applies to e-commerce, every choice that you make, either in anticipation of a disruption or in response to something that has come to pass, should protect the customer experience. And in many cases, especially if you are literally just digital e-commerce and you don't have any bricks and mortar, that supply chain is your storefront putting that order into the hands of your customer. So everything that you do needs to protect their experience, but also guard your bottom line. You don't want to be taking on added risk just so that you can give them a more pleasant time. It really needs to benefit everyone. So my advice, once you've gotten some sense of where in the supply chain your issue is, has three pieces. The first one is be incredibly careful about your inventory. Chances are you're having to anticipate demand, you're anticipating volume, and you're tying up valuable capital in order to get that inventory in. That's the number one place you want to make sure you're not making emotional decisions. The second thing that I would say, and this is something that far too often is overlooked, is to think about the reverse supply chain. Think about reverse logistics. From a consumer standpoint, if they need to make a return, that process, that experience needs to be just as pleasant and well-managed as the ordering and initial receipt is, especially, which most businesses want to do, if you're trying to encourage repeat business, if people know that your returns process is difficult, labor-intensive, takes a long time, You're actually creating friction for the buyer in future buying decisions. And that's something that you want to stay away from. The last piece of advice that I'll share, and and this is more in the sort of procurement area within the supply chain tent, 
always remember to partner with key suppliers. So I talked about some of the different places in the supply chain where you might be facing disruption or or potential crisis. We'll stay with the term. Look at who your key points of contact are. Is it warehousing? Are you working with a full 3PL? Is it a carrier? Is it a small parcel supplier? Wherever it happens to be, forge a relationship because the more important that supplier's performance is to your customer's experience and to your bottom line, the stronger and closer and more robust your relationship with them needs to be. It does in fact need to be a true partnership. You would never want to look at a touch point like that and realize in retrospect that it was really just a transactional engagement. There's too much potential for value gain and value loss tied up in that. So the big thing is don't worry about the crisis Stay calm, focus on the details, and deal with each situation in partnership with suppliers, with other people in different functions within your company. And inevitably, when the risk of disruption or actual disruption comes to pass, that should keep you level-headed and making decisions based on data rather than emotion. Ignore the hype, everyone. Get rid of those emotions make your decisions based on the facts and the data in your business. I love that. And I love Kelly's focus on focusing on dealing with the issues that could affect customer experience first and protect your cash. It's all about doing the right thing for your business. And so clever as well, that last tip around making your suppliers care about you and your success. It often pays off. It can be the deciding factor about whether your parcels go out on time get unloaded, your crates get unloaded off crates. Chloe, where are you in time here? Your containers get unloaded or not. It can have a big impact. If you want more advice from Kelly, and quite frankly, why wouldn't you, then do check out her podcast, Dial P for Procurement. That's our first three experts, giving you loads of ideas to quickly improve your supply chain issues, mainly in the back end of your business. Stick around to hear from our final two guests as we'll be switching to more of a marketing focus after the ads. And I'll be sharing my distillation of all of this down into seven key action points. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. I want to tell you about Awesome, spelt O-S-O-M-E. They are the experts in organising your e-commerce business accounts so you don't have to worry about filing company reports or paying taxes on time. Awesome accountants take care of all your finance admin and are on hand to answer your questions. It's really easy to link your online store, bank accounts and payment systems to the Awesome app, which then keeps track of your spending, profits and financial performance in real time, giving you peace of mind and saving you time too. Plus, using the Awesome system will save your business thousands of pounds every year. To get a demo and find out how much time and money Awesome could save you, go to ecmp.info forward slash awesome, fill in your details and hit the let's go button. Make sure you use the link ecmp.info forward slash awesome, that's O-S-O-M-E, as it will automatically add a coupon to save you £110. 
Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. Oh, thanks for listening to the ads, everyone. We love our sponsors as they quite literally fund the creation of this show. So all of you can listen to it and get these great insights. Right, so far we've gone deep into back-end stuff, but how can you use your marketing and your sales channels to minimise the negative impacts of the supply chain crisis on your business? Well, our next two guests are going to dive directly into this for us. We're going to start with Martin Hubel from Consultus, who is an Amazon specialist. The first thing that um, brands should definitely be aware about and uncover is um what is the priority and prioritization of their sales channels? Especially for brands that sell both offline and online, they need to strike a balance um, between where they want to prioritize the availability of top selling items and items or parts of their portfolio that are highly profitable. Because losing availability on the digital shelf is very much different than losing your availability on a physical shelf in, for example, a supermarket or on your own website, because you compete with so many other sellers that if they're available, will bid on your keywords, will run marketing activities on your kind of uh, product listings that you're losing out if you're losing your product availability as a result of the ongoing supply chain crisis. So definitely make sure that you understand what the priority is. If you're selling on marketplaces such as Amazon, you likely want to prioritize any availability that you have and move stock towards these kinds of customers and these kinds of sales channels as opposed to your own D2C channels. And while that may hurt in the short term from a profitability standpoint and your own profit margins, this may still be outweighed by the avoidance of having to really, really invest a lot to kind of regain the sales rank on marketplaces like Amazon once you have availability again, um, but lost it for very well, for many, many weeks, which will obviously have a very negative impact and leaves, leave a dent um, on the performance of your sales and your profit margin with marketplaces as well. Uh, and second of all, become aware of really the profitability drivers and how a negative impact on your supply chain also negatively impacts and influences your performance in a wider business and not only on the account level, for example, with a marketplace like Amazon. Um, make sure that you really get underneath the skin of the individual performance drivers. It will be 
partially a profit uh, margin conversation, it will be a sales rank and conversion conversation. Uh, so you really need to become clear about what the sales drivers are right now and where you also see the, the best return on investment materializing for you as part of this ongoing supply chain crisis. So where should you be sending what inventory you actually have? Yes, you need to put it to the places where you can maximize your margin. But if you're selling on Amazon, be careful because if you go out of stock, that's really going to affect your sales for a long time to come. If you want more about growing profitably on Amazon, then we have an episode all about this with Martin coming up on our sister podcast, Keep Optimizing in September. It'll be episode 116 and it is must listen if you are a brand looking to do better on the Amazon platform. If you can't wait until that or you want to go directly to Martin, then you'll find all his details on what he's up to and how he can help you at consultors.com, which is C-O-N-S-U-L-T-E-R-C-E.com. So consultors.com. Last, but most definitely not least, we have one of the Hammersley brothers. The lovely Ian, not Mark this time, the lovely Ian is joining us to share a set of pure marketing advice. Okay, so from a, from a practical level, make sure that your stock feed is updated so that you're not overselling and you're not pushing products in your Google Shopper feed, wasting money that don't actually exist because that's going to exacerbate the problem. And I think if you are in a situation where I think lots of brands found themselves where they had customers that were chasing them and you have to communicate over and over. I mean, basically, you can't, you can't over-communicate with your customers. You know, No customer is going to be upset or leave a bad review that says something like this. You know, they were just too proactive. They just kept me updated at every stage. And as soon as they, as soon as I emailed, they immediately responded. You know, the opposite will be the case. So, the, the, and customers tend to get really upset when they feel ignored. In fact, they go ballistic. Um, and I know this from my own experience with the e-commerce brands that we've been running and, and been really close to, that. You know, if they if they do email, you have to respond. If they do phone, you have to phone. You can't hide and you can't turn your live chat off, which is what some e-commerce brands do, because they can't you can't cope and you can't ignore the phone calls because you can't cope. You have to you have to be open and transparent. So and that that's if you you were in a position where you can't get hold of stock and you've promised orders. Now obviously the other side of it is how do you make the most out of the stock you've got? And some e-commerce brands we've seen who are creating like a VIP customer list that gets prioritization to the stock. So they're emailing their, their loyal multi-buy customers saying, look, you know, this is what we've got. Would you like, you know, early access and prioritize to, you know, to get priority treatment here? And I think that's quite an interesting one to keep your existing customers loyal. Yes, it's a supply chain crisis, but if you do well at managing that and can, you know, talking to your customers about it, it gives you the possibility to build stronger relationships with them. And by focusing your marketing and things, technical things like your product feeds and that, to so they are only selling 
what you've actually got in stock, it can make a big difference to the issues you're facing and to your costs and your sales as well. So it's really worth spending some time thinking about how your marketing can be used to minimise those supply chain issues. Everything Ian and his brother Mark do is, in my opinion, worth a listen and a follow. So you can find their latest podcast and other advice at hammersleybrothers.com. That's H-A-M-M-E-R-S-L-E-Y brothers.com. Wow. What a show. A huge thanks to my five excellent guests. How on earth am I going to summarise all that for you? Well, I think it all boils down to these seven key tasks. Okay, here we go. Number one, understand how it's affecting your business. Ignore the hype. Ignore what's happening to other people. Look at your data. Where are your issues? Number two, If you don't have systems in place that make it easy for you to understand the data, inventory levels, order status, courier performance, warehouse performance, et cetera, et cetera, then you need to put them in place so as you know how you're being affected. Number three, and the great thing about much of that software is that it's going to save you time and money, lots of time and money through how it can automate activities and bring you that data for the better decision making. Then once you understand your situation, we move on to my fourth uh, task. Make sure you've got the right suppliers in place to give you the flexibility to adapt and make friends with your suppliers. I love that tip from Kelly. Such an easy thing to overlook. So have you got backup couriers in place? Have you got overflow warehousing? Have you got the right people looking after uh, your supply chain? Number five, get proactive with customer service, including your returns process. Marketing can help here, but so can those software systems to put the right data in front of your customer service team so they can quickly and easily deal with your customers' queries. And some of those software systems will also enable you to put the right data in front of your customers so they can self-serve, which is even better. Number six, be clear on what inventory you are selling and where. Failing to be proactive even with this can cost you a lot. Amazon out of stock kills off the Amazon flywheel. You are going to struggle to recover from that. Using your marketing to shift the stock you have rather than build back orders gets you more cash and it saves you a lot of costs, hidden costs in the long run too. Don't advertise products you don't have. It seems simple, but so many businesses do this and it's not good your PL. It's not good for your profits at all. So, you know, and in your emails, include the products you have lots of stock of. Find ways to sell those rather than um, continuing to try and sell stuff that you've got out of stock and causing you those issues. And of course, if you can sell stuff you've already got in stock, that's putting cash directly back into the business to so as you're avoiding those cash flow issues that several of our guests have mentioned. And finally, number seven, keep optimising. None of this is set and forget. You should be checking what inventory you have every week to adapt where it sells and what you're marketing. Courier performance, checking in on that monthly or quarterly. Are the costs okay? Is how they're delivering the parcels okay? Are they keeping your customers happy? Should you shift? Should certain boxes shift? What should you be doing? Finding otherwise other ways even to streamline the warehouse. Maybe monthly when you first go automated, maybe slowing down to quarterly later on. Proactive customer service. How are you doing this? That's something you should be looking at every week if you're having a lot of back orders, a lot of out of stocks. None of what we're talking about here is 
set and forget. You've all got very used to me on this podcast talking about optimizing your marketing. The back end and the supply chain of your business is something you should be putting equally large amounts of effort into optimizing because there's so much potential if you do that to make your business a stronger business. Okay, that's my seven action points for you. And I promised some extra resources too. So I'm going to indulge a little bit here and tell you a little bit about, uh, I've got a couple of things to help you first. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we're currently up to on my sister podcast, on our sister podcast, even keep optimizing, because I think you're going to want to hear about that too. So first off, all my expert guests from this episode have ways to help you and resources you can get hold of for free that are going to help you with these challenges. So I go and visit each of their websites, have a look, see what they've got on offer, because that is a great way to help yourselves with any supply chain crisis issues you are currently dealing with. We've put all those links to all their sites and a summary of all the points that we've discussed in this um, episode on our website, ecommercemasterplan.com. Or if you go to ECMP, standing for e-commerce masterplan, so ecmp.info forward slash 400, and that's the numbers 400, you will go straight to the correct page of the site. And this month on our sister podcast, Keep Optimising, now this is the bit I'm going to indulge a bit and tell you about. On Keep Optimising this month, we are spending the whole month exploring the key things you need to know about to be ready for a brilliant Q4. There's been a lot of stuff being shouted about this year in e-commerce. It feels like there's more bright, shiny objects than ever before. And some of those you should care about, some of those you shouldn't. So what I've done is I've drilled down to the five that if I was running an e-commerce brand right now, I'd be wanting to get my head around. And there's only five of them, which is kind of handy as there's five episodes. So I hunted down an awesome guest to tackle each of them. So really, you can see this month of content on Keep Optimizing podcast as your get yourself up to speed quickly the perfect research tool for plotting your strategy for Q4. It's um, As I'm recording this, we've recorded all five episodes. The guests have bought brilliant advice and it really is kind of a capsule of setting yourself up for a good holiday season. Anyway, already live are three of these episodes. So whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this as soon as we've released it, you can get three of these episodes right now. We've got the Common Sense Guide to the recent Shopify editions updates which is going to massively shorten your Shopify to-do list. Chase Clymer from Honest E-Commerce joined me for that one. It's a great episode, um, quite funny in parts, remarkably, uh, but also it is going to reduce your, your to-do list. Then we've got an episode on Google Analytics 4. I know a lot of us are burying our heads in the sand, me included. I still haven't implemented it, but I will, especially after I recorded this episode with Dan, who is a Google Analytics 4 expert in the e-commerce space and who makes who makes the case for why you should be doing it ASAP really clear and gives a lot of tips on how to do it well to save you time in the long run and heartache in the long run. And it's a bit of a long episode, but it includes literally everything you need to understand this and implement it. It's all there for you, easy to understand, etc. So that it's literally the only thing you need to pay attention to on the Google Analytics 4 um, arena. Then we've also got an episode live on pricing. Inflation is an issue. Supply chain crisis is increasing our costs. So what do you do? Burke Tanner, the e-commerce pricing guy, joined me to discuss. 
This week, we've got an episode going live over on Keep Optimizing with Ian Hammersley. You just heard from him. Uh, and he's on sharing how to perfect your recession marketing. And we're going to be ending the month next week with Kunli Campbell from 2X Ecommerce, who's sharing his five tips on how to protect your business and even thrive in the coming months, whether we technically end up in recession or we just have inflation to deal with and rising costs and all these kind of cash flow squeezes and all the rest of it. He's got some amazing tips we'll be going through as well. It is an awesome month of content. I will say that myself, but it really is. So if you're planning for the holiday season right now, and you should be, it's August, people, uh, go and check out Keep Optimizing Podcast. You can go to the website, keepoptimizing.com, or just search for us and you'll find the podcast. Wow. Thank you all for being one of the listeners who've helped us take the e-commerce master plan podcast to 400 episodes. I bring you every single one of those episodes to inspire you and help you succeed and thrive with your business. So if you know someone else in the world of e-commerce that this show can help, please, please, please don't ask them, tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast today. I hope you have a lovely week and never, ever forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.